ladies and gentlemen, your host, Billy Dean Shoemate III here, and welcome back to another episode of Strange Places. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor and DistroKid. There is, a, well, today, we're going to end up traveling back to Australia. We're going to look at something a bit unnerving. There is a body of water in Australia named the Devil's Pool where waters have claimed more than 17 lives, and some say it's an aboriginal legend that is behind the deaths. In the middle of a lush Queensland rainforest sits an unsuspecting swimming hole, which could be Australia's most haunted area. The haunted swimming hole, aptly named the Devil's Pool, has claimed more than 17 people. Devil's Pool in Babina, North Queensland, sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, I have listeners in Australia, is a popular destination for Australian hikers, backpackers, traveling up to Cairns. A sign in front of the Devil's Pool gives explicit warnings to people venturing the area. It reads, and I quote, This creek has claimed many lives. Wet rocks are extremely slippery because of rapidly rising water levels. Do not swim in Main Creek downstream at this point. The track leads to lookouts only. For your safety, keep to the walking track provided. That's a heck of a sign. Very wordy. Doesn't just simply say, stay out of the water. Keep on the trail. You know what I mean? A recent video taken by Australian group The Roundabout Crew reveal the men exploring the haunted site. See, the video's producer, Tom Armstrong, he shared the aboriginal legend in the video that I watched. Very interesting. Check it out. He explored the national park at night. A woman who lost her husband and went down to the devil's pool to grieve ended up drowning herself because she was so sad, legend says. According to aboriginal folklore, a young runaway bride fell to her death at the devil's pool. She's believed to be the reason why so many young men's lives, especially male tourists, have been taken at the site. The legend begins with a young woman named Ulana who married an elder from her own tribe. Shortly after they married, she fell in love with another man named Daiga Diga. Again, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly. From a touring tribe, according to a Babina tourism site. Local post office owner Rosanna Brown, 36, she told the Daily Mail Australia recently that the two lovers, Ulana and Daiga, ran away from their tribes and fled to what is now known as the Devil's Pool, where they ended up being captured by their elders. Ulana broke free and leapt into the creek waters, calling for Daiga to follow her into the afterlife. According to Cairns Tours Australia, she hit the water crying out for her love, which shook the water into action. So just the act of her jumping into this body of water created... According to legend, what we see today, the violently churning water. The land vibrates around her, sending boulders flying into the creek and causing the water to plunge forward at alarming rates, and it has not stopped since. If you listen closely, it's thought that you could still hear her cries for her lost lover, according to indigenous legend. Rosanna Brown, who was born and bred in Babina, told Daily Mail Australia in a recent interview that I read that the majority of the victims were male backpackers, and tourists, which matches the legend exactly. Little Daiga they were passing through, she says. Ooh. Miss Brown said that the Aboriginal people who uh, you know believe that Ulanda's anguished cries for her lost lover turned the waters around Babina into rushing torrents. 
that this somehow, this action that she performed, jumping into the waters and um, how most legends and even real life curses are created, like we said, episode ago, two episodes ago, by some kind of extreme human feeling, depth of feeling, emotion. That is the, yeah, as a person dies. That's what creates a curse, right? And we have established on this podcast that curse, curses are indeed a real thing. Is this one of them? Well, that's definitely got the markings of one. I'm looking at the sign right now for the Devil's Pool. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty ominous looking sign. Like I said, very wordy, which you normally don't see. Sorry if you heard a pop. My microphone is being weird. Hmm. That's, a, that's an odd sign. These rock pool waters are more known to locals as the washing machine waters. <laughs> very, uh, very clever because of how it looks and how it acts. Looks like it's a giant whirling kind of washing machine agitator is what it looks like. 16 people have died here. A nearby shoot area also at Babina Boulders. 16 of the 17 dead were all male. Interesting. 16 out of 17 dead, all of them male. For, for, uh, former uh, Babina Emergency Services member Don Lowey recalls searching for a man's body, James Bennett, 23 years old, in 2008. It's always brave young men, good young men who die doing silly things there. They call it the washing machine where he went in because it goes around and around and never stops. It's all bubbles, no buoyancy. It's dangerous water. It'll suck you under. Owner at the local pub owner, uh, owner at, my, my notes suck. I must have written this quickly. Owner at the local pub. <laughs> Sorry, Boulder's Tavern, Neil Warburton. Again, told Daily Mail in the same expose that although he has never visited the site, he is aware that many lives have been taken at that pool. Local legend is that the aboriginal woman, Ulanda's image, appears in the water. Some people who enter the water are never seen again. Very, uh, very, very witchy stuff. When local Rosanna Brown was asked whether the high number of male tourist uh, deaths could simply be due to the fact they were unfamiliar with the dangerous water conditions, yeah, that's a possibility. And the locals are very in tune with that possibility. After the death of James Bennett, he was the most recent person who's died there. The waterhole and its surroundings, including the washing machine, were declared a no-go zone for swimming, and warning signs like the one above were put up by authorities at the Cairns Regional Council, which I have a bit of a problem with. This was always known as a thing, right? So what? You, they just were waiting for 17 people to die? Was that the magic number? Anyway, I digress. <laughs> this isn't a locally political you know, podcast thing. I'm just, uh, that just irks me. Coroner Kevin Priestley, who reported on Mr. Bennett's death, concluded, For the present purposes, I leave aside the question as to whether the local residents familiar with the location are at any greater or lesser risk of harm in accessing areas beyond safety rails. I acknowledge that rule. Making in the context of safety is a process of striking a balance between a degree of restriction of individual freedom and reducing the exposure to harm of those more vulnerable. In short... People need to quit hopping the fucking rail. Patsy Hannon, manager of Babina Information Center, told Daily Mail Australia, the area is quite safe if people follow the signs. Oh, well, yeah. 
You don't want to go in those kind of waters anyway. But the reason why we're here, strange places, you and me, is this for real? The findings from the coroner, okay? Jason, uh, James Bennett died in 08. So uh, just to give you kind of a rundown of the coroner's report, it says, because uh, I'm looking at the actual coroner's report, so it's kind of doctor's handwriting is really fun to read. I should have uh, transcribed this. But we're going to discover it together because I haven't read this whole thing. I find that James Andrew Bennett died on the 30th of November 2008 at the Boulders Reserve due to drowning after seeing several local unaccompanied children swimming and playing in the vicinity of the Devil's Pool. Mr. Bennett and three friends climbed over or around the safety rail and ventured into the granite formations through which Babina Creek runs. Members of the group either did not see the warning signs or choose, chose to ignore them or minimize the nature and extent of the dangers about which they were warned. Mm. After watching the children for a period of about 10 minutes, the group decided to return to the car park. On making their way upstream, the group came upon a pool adjacent to the viewing platform and decided to jump in. Mr. Bennett entered a pool known as the washing machine, and shortly afterwards he was drawn underwater and out of view from his friends. He drowned due to prolonged immersion, presumably entrapped within the rapids and pools. This was written by the coroner himself. Hmm. This is uh, a really, really odd one. <laughs> really odd. Let's look at some newspaper clippings. James Andrew Bennett, 2308. Swimming place in Rocky Creek, six miles from Toga on the road to, can't pronounce that, claimed another victim. This is interesting to me because every newspaper clipping, even the, even the coroner's report from Bennett mentions Devil's Pool, which marks it as probably one of the only times that the word devil has been used in an autopsy report. I'm looking at a, can I blow this up? Okay, cool. I'm looking at a news report from 1940. This is after the death of John Dominic English, eight years old. Uh, let's see. John Dominic English, eight, who resided with his parents near the pool, was found drowned there on Sunday afternoon. Deceased elders, brothers, and sisters had taken with them when they went swimming in the pool. He could not swim, but was allowed to sit on a rock near the edge. That's smart. He was left unnoticed for a few minutes, and when his brother looked for him, he found his body in the water. Hmm. No suspicious circumstances. The body was taken to Atherton Morgue, but no post-mortem was performed as the doctor was prepared to certify the cause of death, and the coroner was prepared to accept his certificate. That's odd. Huh. I'm wondering something. Okay. Yeah, my theory doesn't hold up. See, a lot of people were crying conspiracy here that in a lot of these deaths, the coroner's reports and even the news reports, I mean, everything, local police or local authority, everything was arriving at these they drowned conclusions before the bodies were even examined. So people are crying, you know, conspiracy left and right. But I am seeing... Two, as I'm looking at this right now, proper autopsies and medical examinations, which completely kills that theory. I want to look something up here. I'm intrigued about something. Devil's Pool, Australia. Now, 
Okay. Uh, this area looks pretty treacherous. Uh, large granite boulders. I did not realize that were that big. Now look, I'm looking at some decent pictures. Hmm. That's weird. Deaths of pri primarily deaths of young male travelers. Oh, okay. We're seeing there's been deaths since 2008. It's at 20. Holy shit. It's at 20 deaths. And only one of them is female. They're all male. Wow. What? I wonder what the odds of this are. It's one in, well, it's one in 20, right? Oh, no, it's a 19 in 20. So you have a one in 20 chance of, if you're a female, it's, I don't know. I'm not a statistician, so excuse me, but it's only 20, right? I mean, if we had a thousand people die in the pool, then I would be shaking in my boots a little bit. 20, as you can surmise with your common sense, 20 is not enough to develop any kind of solid scientific theory on anything. If you do a Gallup poll, if you do a blind test, if you do any kind of statistical poll or study, you're not only going to choose 20 people. Minimum, I would say 100. Minimum. But still, it intrigued me enough to make an episode on it. <laughs> Ulana, let's look at you. Yeah, okay, I'm seeing that the story is consistent. Because that was another thing I was wondering too, was if I look around the internet long enough, am I going to find deviations in this indigenous story? But no, the story is exactly the same, no matter who you ask, no matter where you go. So Australia is, um, <laughs> at least in this area, their uh, local legends have remained eerily intact they replaced the sign in 2020 which is even more wordy what does this sign say can i read it yes i can swimming strictly prohibited downstream at this point the creek has claimed many lives well okay so it's the same wording they just updated it it's from the cairns regional council mm. so the drownings are up to 20 wow can we get a list of these people? This is a really wild-looking area. I mean, I'm looking at kind of a looping GIF image of this water right now. This is very violently churning. I mean, this is the real deal, man. Pretty scary-looking uh, scary area. So the only reports that we have about this place being haunted, the lost lover cursing the place, you know, are the scattered reports that you can hear Ulanda's voice in the churning water. Nobody reporting that they're seeing the men being dragged down, that they're seeing ghostly hands come out of the water, you know. We're not seeing any of that. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, it's still only one female victim. The spot where the water foams is believed to be the most lethal during the wet season, actually. But as Aboriginal elders tell you, it could be dangerous all year round. Elders colloquially call the haunted spot washing machine, as we know. It's because of the undercurrent. It makes it impossible to swim or even float yourself to safety. Right? It's like, I, I grew up in Southern California. If you swim, str if you're out a ways... 
and you swim straight to the shore, you're going to wear yourself out. You're going to fucking drown and die of exhaustion. What you do, because every time that a wave hits or the tide churns, it's going to push you right back to where you were, maybe even further out. So you don't d- swim straight to shore. You swim parallel to the shore. You swim at a diagonal line, a very wide diagonal angle, as parallel to the shore as you can get, conserve your energy, swim leisurely. At that point, you'll probably be panicking, but you try to go as leisurely as you can. When the tide hits, you curl yourself into a ball. If it pushes you towards the shore, you're good. Keep doing that over and over. If it doesn't, you keep your angle wide and you just swim parallel to the shore until you make it. There's nothing. There's no tricks like this in the devil's pool. There's no, hey, swim this way or try this. It'll suck you under and it'll kill you. The spot where the water foams is believed to be the most lethal during the wet season, actually, but Aboriginal elders will tell you it can be dangerous all year round. As we know, the colloquial term that the elders use, the washing machine. They call it that for a reason. It's the undercurrent. makes it impossible, I'm telling you, impossible to swim to safety. I've seen waters like this. You will not survive. You're a weak swimmer. Forget it. Shannon Hoffman, 37, became the pool's... 19th victim on October 19th, 2020. As he noticed, I said 19th. So that's not even the most recent. His body was found 200 meters from where he went swimming. Seven months earlier, April 2020, Madison Tam, 18, the only female, went paddling in the pool and got sucked under the water into a chute that pulled her downstream to a depth of eight meters. She never resurfaced. 2008, Tasmanian man, James Bennett, which we learned about. His friend said the waters were pretty calm. He was pulled backwards. What they said was by an invisible force toward the rapids at the end of the pool. This is one of the, if not the only, (laughs) case where somebody said something unnatural had occurred. He was yanked back by some kind of supernatural force into what looked like pretty calm waters. Let me reiterate that. What looked like calm waters. 25-year-old reached for a branch, snapped before his head went under. It was Bennett's death that, you know, as we know, that finally made the authorities do something about it. It's crazy. 11 people died between 1959 and 1983. Most reports suggest there have been 19 fatalities since those records began. It's believed many others tragically died there with old newspaper newspaper articles kind of hinting at it. So it may be a hell of a lot more than 20. And this legend states that it was all males anyway. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? Pretty weird. According to an article in the Cairns Post, a man called T. Winterbottom was swept away in 1933. This is a quote, okay? It's problematical as to where the body can be as the first pool under the falls proper is of a tremendous depth and perhaps the body may be lodged in crevices and caves far beneath the water, too dangerous to rescue them. A further search of the devil's pool may never be made feasibly. Eight-year-old boy, John Dominic English, 1940. Another young man vanished after he kicked a plaque commemorating the dead there. There's a small plaque there commemorating those that have died. Apparently, a young guy kicked the plaque, jumped into the water. 
But logic is telling me, okay, where did he fuck up there? Oh, I know, jumping into the water. Could he have messed with fate or anything by kicking a plaque? I wouldn't, <laughs> just out of respect. But let's think logically here. I think his big mistake was getting into the damn water. In another mysterious disappearance reported and referred to by local elders, no date attached to this one, which tells me it's probably really fucking old, a young couple stood together on the rock platform admiring the view over the Devil's Pool when, according to one witness, without warning, the water suddenly arose, sweeping both of them into the water. The girl survived. Male companion did not. Other more recent confirmed victims of the pool include a tourist from Adelaide in 04, Sydney businessman in 06, Peter McGann, 24, who drowned in the pool shoot in 1979. Brisbane Times reported he jumped across the short space between the rocks, slipped, and went missing. His body was never recovered. At the time, police driver Peter Tibbs told ABC McGann's case was the most interesting he'd ever seen, having already been called three times to retrieve bodies from that damn pool. We thought we knew he was in there, he says, but we couldn't get to the body because the water is so cold, so deep, and it flows so fast. So eight or ten times they went down, eventually cut logs out of the place underwater. On the last day, we'd almost given up. We cut the last log. The body floated freely, but it floated away. How deep is this thing? There's no doubt, I guess, the spot deep in the Queensland rainforest has a dark history, you know, but... Whether that's because of the tragic legend or two young lovers or because of the natural dangers of the pool, both are true depending on who you ask. But tourists continue to visit the area. TripAdvisor giving the area 4.7 stars. <laughs> it's a hell of a review for a lethal place with a gr little green subnote telling you, Babina Boulders is open 24 hours with Devil's Pool just a 10-minute walk away from the main camping and swimming area. Maybe you should not put that on there. <laughs> Beautiful area. It's fucking gorgeous. This deep greenish blue water, you can see right through. It looks like glass, man. But if you click on the more than 300 reviews, which is usually where you get the truth on tourist websites these days, and among the exclamations of a lovely spot and magical place, and make sure you take insect repellent, there's also these very real comments. Read the legend of the pool. Do not go. That place is dangerous. Stay away from the devil's pool. This is not a place you should be visiting. Are they saying this because they just don't want tourists in you know, that area in Australia? Or are they saying it because it's cursed? Let's use some logic here. Let's pick this thing apart. Let's unpack it. What is logic telling us? What's screaming up at you here? Huh? <laughs> what's really making you... What's really making you think? We have over 20 deaths. Okay, let's say 20 logged and confirmed <laughs> researchable deaths, okay? Only one of those deaths is female. As I've said, that's odd. That's weird. Yes, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It makes you raise an eyebrow. It's kind of freaky. But that's not enough to do any kind of real scientific or statistic study. That, that's just not enough. We don't have enough data. We just don't. And one thing that just stands out to me that seems to completely kill it for me, honestly, is that a woman died there. That goes directly against the Aboriginal legend. Now, I don't mean to be expletive here, and I don't mean to be 
gross or say things just to say them and for shock value. I'm dead serious when I ask this. The only way that would freak me out about this young lady that died in there is if she was, you know, like transgender or something, as if she had some kind of male there. You know what I mean? But there isn't. This is a biological female. That kills the legend that breaks it. So we need to look at... This is where my mind went to when I started identifying the one female angle. You know, I said, okay, so why are these primarily males? Can we debunk this thing? Because it's not looking good, Devil's Pool. We need to look at the culture, okay? And I'm not being sexist here. We're dealing with a very old culture, okay? Primarily, when you're in places like this, this is just one of those things where men and women are different, okay? The young strapping lad, statistically, and we have we know this, there's study that's actually done on this. <laughs> men are young men are more likely to do dangerous, stupid stunts in dangerous places like this than women are. And don't get all butt hurt on me <laughs> if you're one of those. Because I am implying that women are more intelligent than men, which is what I believe. I think women are way smarter than us, <laughs> hands down. They use our brains more than we do. And we got two of them and can't figure shit out. Now, there you go. But men have a higher propensity in dangerous areas to do silly things and thrill-seek and hop fences and jump gates. These young, strapping men, especially in Australia, this is... This is a thing. Men do dangerous shit everywhere. They have a higher chance of doing it. What I'm seeing here, what is consistent with every recorded story anyway, is that the unsupervised eight-year-old, why the hell would you set an eight-year-old child on the edge of a place that is well-known? Why would you even take him there to begin with? But set him on the edge of a rock? overlooking one of the most dangerous places in Australia, a place that has killed so many people that it's linked to some kind of local legend, and you put an eight-year-old sitting right there on a rock overlooking the thing? If I was the local police, I would start with a possible homicide motive. That's where I would start. Because I, the dumbest parents that I know, the most useless human beings who are just dumber than useless as tits on a fucking bowl, not one of those parents is going to set a child right there. Even, even if you think, okay, I'm planning a murder here, we're going to make this look like an accident. But there were people around saying the eight-year-old was unsupervised. That's not a really smart way to do it. Or is it? Because, you know... <laughs> If they did commit murder, they got away with it, right? But I'm not going to pin that on people I don't know. And it was ruled that the kid died of accidental drowning. Aside from that, what's consistent with every story? Every one of them. Huh? People hopping gates. People hopping fences. Kicking memorials. Kicking signs. These are obviously people who do not give a shit about any kind of warning or danger or anything like that. 
when you're in a place like that, I'm just saying it like it is. I like to think that my audience on Strange Places isn't made up of these special fucking snowflakes who don't realize that there are differences between men and women. They're beautiful differences and they exist. Men have a higher propensity to do stupid shit in dangerous environments. Period. Period. And that's what I see here. It's consistent. People kicking memorials and shit, tearing down signs, hopping gates. You know what I mean? This guy was pulled back with an extreme force. The water took him. Out of 20 incidences, this is the only time anybody has ever said anything paranormal. Like I said, as far as the human study, we don't have enough data there. As far as paranormal study, we do have enough. One in 20, that ain't cutting the mustard, buddy. As far as paranormal study, that's enough data. Nothing paranormal has been seen in 20 of these reported things. People say they hear Ulanda's voice in the water. I see no recordings of it. The Daily Mail came out there multiple times, did not report it once. I watched three videos of uh, people just, you know, kind of recording the area, making their little documentaries and YouTube videos and stuff. Not one person has heard the voice. It's never been confirmed. It's just part of the story. Listen, I've always believed that if you want to confirm, well, let me let me say it this way. Simcha Yakubovich, 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 something like that. Simcha Yakubovich, is that how you say it? Okay, the, the filmmaker, the Exodus Decoded guy, you know, the Tomb of Jesus filmmaker, that dude. He wanted to find out if the local legend of the old Shiite Muslim tribesmen that go way back, you know, since day one, if they knew, if they still knew, or if the legend was true, that there are some rocks that have water in them. So if you're lost in the desert, you know which stones to strike to get drops of water out of. So what does he do? Does he go to the local people? Does he talk to the newspaper? Does he, you know, does he pull up uh, old fucking film reels and shit? No, he goes to the oldest tribesmen in the middle of the fucking desert, in the middle of nowhere, and asks them. That is how a smart journalist does it. That is how an intelligent, investigative journalist does it. That's why Yakovich is probably one of the best. Yakovici. If I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. That's why I consider him my personal favorite, <laughs> my personal favorite investigative journalist, whether I believe everything he says or not. Because he will not go to the new people that hear about this and are reporting that, no, they're fucking useless. He's trying to find out about something ancient, so I'm going to go to the oldest tribe there and talk to the oldest man in that tribe. That's what you do. Consequently, he ended up figuring out that the uh, striking the stone thing that the old Shiite Muslims do out in the middle of the desert, I'm talking about the nomads, the wanderers, the guys who probably never see cities except at the horizon distance. They knew how to do it. They still do it. They didn't tell Simcha Yakubovici how to do it, but he saw them do it. It's real. So this local legend, this Aborigines thing, the Aboriginals, what's, what's left of them? <laughs> the closest you could get to that original, you know, the story is consistent. People have asked, did this really happen? And the Aboriginals say, yeah, so if you, if you want to find out anything about an area, if you want the true story, if you want the real breakdown, don't go to the fucking radio station. You go to the oldest tribe there and talk to the oldest cat in that tribe. 
which they did. Smart. That's good journalism. So the a bunch of publications did this. A few YouTube channels did this. Let's go to the oldest dog we can find and talk to him about it. The story is consistent. But is it true? It may be. It may very well be true. It may have actually happened. Why am I saying this? Because we don't have any proof. Well, because shit like this happens all the time. This is a very human nature kind of story. Do I believe the part that she fell into the water and the ground shook and the rocks fell and all that? Well, I can't really. I would like to. <laughs> we don't have evidence for that. But as far as the human story, the jilted lover, the tribes, you know, the forbidden romance, you know. Oh, yeah. I believe that for, yeah, I believe that in a heartbeat. And <laughs> what I don't believe is that this only happened once in between two different tribes. We should have a lot of stories like this. I'm amazed that we have just one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so normal and it's so human. And it's, yeah, of course I believe that happened. Definitely. I would be alarmed if it did not. I, I would consider that paranormal <laughs> if it didn't, you know. That would be paranormal to me. But the churning of the earth, the falling of the rocks, that I can't buy. Because we have nothing to support that. We have nothing. Is this something that merits further study? You know what? I'm not going to go there. I don't think we need to go there. Why? One thing stands in the way. One thing. A female death. That breaks the legend. That kills it. We have to look at this logically. This thing could very well be paranormal. Okay, I'm saying, I'll, I'll say that. We could have something paranormal on our hands, but we're not studying that. We're studying this exact circumstance, this story, this aboriginal legend making a cursed place, right? The Ulanda thing. That's what we're studying today. Not is the devil's pool haunted. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested, is, is this story true? No, it's not. <laughs> It's not. This place may be paranormal, yeah. It may be, man. But according to the legend, we just broke it in half. A female was taken. Therefore, legend is incorrect. Did not happen. <laughs> the churning water may be cursed by something else. It may be a completely natural phenomenon. But this is the story that we're studying. Is this aboriginal legend true? No. We can thoroughly and completely debunk this sucker because we have a female death. What did the the what did the ghost mess up? Huh? Was the ghost uh you know, did she have hair in her eyes that day? You know, <laughs> was the sun a little too bright? Did she not see properly? We've had women swept into the water before. Why, after all this time, we're talking an old legend here, would she just decide to take one woman and mess up her own legend? Think about that shit. Think about it. If you had cursed a place and an essence of you or whatever is still active in this place, why would you intentionally sabotage your own curse, your own legend? You created it to begin with, and you want people to remember you. You want people to know your name throughout all time, history, never be forgotten. Why would you do something to muck that up? Why would you do something to sabotage you being remembered for all time and people even questioning? That just goes against everything. That goes against logic. That goes against human nature. 
That's not how we would think. Sorry, kids. Devil's Pool, as far as the Aboriginal legend goes, debunked. I wish I had a judge's gavel here so I could just dun dun dun. But you guys, yeah, <laughs> by the time this is mixed, it probably sound terrible if you hear it at all. <laughs> Maybe I should input a clip of like that, ding, 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 you know, the thing the judges do. But anyway, what do you think about the Devil's Pool in Australia? We should come back here sometime. How about, let's wait a few years, see if we have some more data. And maybe we'll examine it. <laughs> maybe we'll examine it again. I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. Go to Asylum817.com. That is Asylum817.com for all things Strange Places related. All the social media links are there as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get everything from early access to shows, bonus stuff, giveaways of certain tiers, outtakes, all kinds of stuff. Check it out. Little as a dollar a month, you'd be tremendously helping the show. Shout out to the patrons, by the way. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes, David Peterson, this show would not even exist if it wasn't for you guys. I appreciate the patrons. Yeah, you guys rule. So thanks for listening again. And yeah, we will see you next time, okay? Are we ever going to run out of strange places to talk about? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place. And maybe one day, we'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a music label for truly independent artists. They will distribute and share your music on every streaming platform the internet has to offer. And the best part is that you keep all of your royalties. In fact, DistroKid has made history, marking the first time that an artist on the charts made 100% of their earnings. This is the music industry's worst nightmare, giving indie artists complete control over their art. For only 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music, and with the split feature, you can split a percentage of the earnings to your bandmates. If you click the affiliate link in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year. But did I mention that after that, it's only 20 bucks a freaking year? I've been a musician for a long time. My music is heard all over the world, and yours should be too. Click the link in this episode's description to not only support Strange Places, but put control of your own music back into your hands. No contracts, no hidden clauses, no lovely coin men and their lovely, lovely suits. Thanks to DistroKid for being a sponsor and giving this old dog an audience.